there, everyone, and welcome to What is Tech, the show for the technically curious and the technically furious, bringing you your weekly dose of technology you didn't know you wanted. You use it every single day, and most of us would have a hard time living without it. Computer games, video streaming, FaceTiming, and pretty much all your smart home devices, they all rely on Wi-Fi. Now, just a heads up before we get into this week's episode, it's going to rely a little bit on some of the topics we've touched upon in previous episodes, so if you haven't heard those yet, be sure to check them out. Wi-Fi is built upon a technology we've talked about a lot lately, radio frequency. Thanks to the inquisitive mind of Miss Lamar, the Hollywood movie star with a gift for engineering, the groundwork for many of today's technologies, including Wi-Fi, were solidified. I hope you guys remember our good friend Nick, that cool, snappy little dude that zips his way through the internet to get us our favorite cat videos. Well, this time around, we're going to take an even closer look at how Nick uses Wi-Fi to connect us to the internet. But before we find out how it works, let's dive into where it came from. Now, there's actually a bit of a debate as to who actually invented Wi-Fi complete with lawsuits and patent infringement claims. So in order to clear things up and get it right, we'll start at the beginning. The journey began in the 1970s. Stephen Hawking, the world-renowned astrophysicist, had just released his work in which he explored the idea that black holes might not actually be black. Having just received his own PhD, a man by the name of John O. Sullivan, an Australian electrical engineer, began to work with radio telescopes in support of Hawking's latest ideas. Along with a crack team of engineers, O. Sullivan was able to come up with the specific mathematical equations to help improve the quality of the radio signals his team was receiving from space. Sadly, him and his team of terrestrial space explorers were not able to detect the radio frequencies they needed to accomplish their work. Around that same time, in 1974, a man by the name of Victor Hayes, an electrical engineer born in what is today Indonesia, just joined AgriSystems, a semiconductor component maker. Here, Hayes authored various corporate engineering standards relating to data communication. Hayes would continue to be a maverick here for several decades, eventually helping to orchestrate a new communication protocol for broadband internet that would not need a wired connection. The protocol was named the IEEE 802.11 communication standard. Coming from a world where you still needed to plug into your phone line to access the internet, on paper, the protocol was incredibly well received. However, in practice, the new standard had a few hurdles it needed to overcome. Most glaringly, was the fact that the radio signals that were in charge of carrying the internet connections were not very reliable. They would bounce off of anything that conducted electricity, and they would lose their accuracy and overall signal strength in the process. Funny enough though, that same exact problem had already been solved by Dr. John O'Sullivan and his team while they were looking at radio signals from space a decade before. By leveraging the funky math those terrestrial space explorers had developed, 
the radio signal for the new standard could be modulated in such a way that it would actually allow it to be a feasible communication standard. In 1990, the IEEE 802.11 working group was created to both help regulate the new standard and release it for commercial use. Victor Hayes sat as the chairman of the board from 1990 until 2000. Under his leadership, the communication standard came to be accepted all over the world, and the term Wi-Fi was created to describe this cool new standard. But why Wi-Fi? You might have heard that Wi-Fi actually stands for wireless fidelity. This is actually a pretty popular fallacy. But the truth is, Wi-Fi doesn't really stand for anything. It was meant to be a play on words of a popular term at the time, Hi-Fi, which was used to describe an electronic system that could reproduce high-fidelity sounds from radio signals or recordings. All that to say, there is no cool mashup of tech terms, no Nordic runes or acronyms, and there's no hidden meaning. Wi-Fi is just Wi-Fi. <laughs> now, due to the hard work of Hayes, the idea of Wi-Fi went from being just an idea to being a fully operational communications protocol, full with an advisory board and governing standards that were adopted worldwide. And thanks to the hard work of Dr. John O'Sullivan and his team, the technical obstacles for wireless broadband communication were successfully overcome, allowing Wi-Fi to be technically feasible. Now some say Victor Hayes is the father of Wi-Fi. Others argue that it's Dr. John O'Sullivan. The truth is that without the work of either of these men, Wi-Fi would have never been a possibility. They each played an integral role in the development of Wi-Fi, and both should be acknowledged for assisting in accomplishing such an extraordinary feat of engineering. But that's just my humble opinion, though. Others didn't see it that way. In 2009, the Australian government filed a lawsuit against tech vendors, including Lenovo, Acer, Sony, Verizon, AT&T, the list goes on and on, on the grounds of patent infringement. Apparently, the work that Dr. John O'Sullivan produced was actually funded by the Commonwealth Scientific and Industrial Research Organization. That's a mouthful, and I will not be saying that again. As a result, the Australian government actually holds the patent for this technology. The Australian government went on to win the lawsuit, and in the settlement ended up being paid more than $200 million from 14 major tech companies. I guess the money always comes first. All right. Now that was a lot of backstory, but it really is crazy to think how much went into a technology that we use every single day. But let's get on to the fun and back to the adventure as Nick takes us through how Wi-Fi works. If there's anything Nick likes more than driving his fancy cars, it's going surfing. Nick walks from his village down to his local beach. Here, Nick sees the waves crashing along the shore. Wi-Fi uses radio waves to transfer data, but they actually work very similar to the real waves at the beach. If Nick counts 
how often a wave crashes on the beach, he is able to find out the frequency of that wave. After counting for a while, Nick notices that every second a new wave crashes on the shore. The technical measurement for that would be a hertz, so one wave per second is equal to one hertz. Now, Nick is about to break all sorts of surfing records, because in order to get us to our cat videos, he is going to surf all the waves. Once assigned his marching orders from the CPU, Nick is off, surfing the radio waves until finally making it to the router. Once he's on the internet, Nick finds his way to the YouTube servers. Here, Nick politely asks for all the cat videos, and the server happily gives them to him. After that, Nick finds his way back to his local network. Nick surfs his way back to the shore, and when he gets there, he's able to send all the videos back through the processor. The processor handles them appropriately, and then sends them to your video output. And boom, right there on your screen, all the cat videos you could want. And it's basically what Wi-Fi is. It's just a different way to send and receive internet data without the need for any wires. We went from being able to tune a radio to tuning into the entirety of the internet. Now, fun fact, have you ever noticed that whenever you set up a new Wi-Fi or whenever you're looking for a network to connect to, you sometimes see a 2.4 or a 5 next to the Wi-Fi name? Well, that's actually because there are two settings you can have for a Wi-Fi network. 2.4 gigahertz and 5 gigahertz. If one hertz is one wave per second, then five gigahertz is five billion waves per second. Depending on the type of setup you need, you can choose either setting. 2.4 gigahertz will give you a longer range on your signal, but it might be a little bit slower. And five gigahertz will give you a shorter range, but you might get a little bit faster. Now, imagine how crazy it would be if you were able to see those 5 billion waves jumping off of your walls, sofas, chairs, and beds, flying from your phone to your router and back. Well, here's something even crazier. Imagine those billions of waves coming from your light bulb instead. Make sure to join us next week where we'll explore the future of wireless communication by shining the light on Li-Fi. Make sure to follow me on Instagram at whatistech.podcast to find some extra content related to the show. You can also find me on Twitter at whatistechshow. If you have any suggestions for future shows, I'd really love to hear from you. And you can drop those over at whatistech.suggestions at gmail.com. I hope you'll continue to explore the universe of technology with me and discover a different side of tech. Thanks for listening. Stay witty. <laughs>